You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Retro Detroit Nerd Fighters. My name is Ian the Well-Informed. I am brought to you by two people. Uh, this is Phil. I'm. Uh, they call me the UB sometimes. And Kathy, and, the CSA. Yep, Kathy, the CSA. That's me. And to all the people who are listening right now, you be quiet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Otherwise, so, we're going to reach through your headphones and in uh, we'll 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 do something to you. <laughs> no, and you're just listening to us, so you kind of have to be silent uh-huh. <laughs> in the sense. Otherwise, so. <laughs> otherwise, what's the point? So I'm not being mean. I'm just being matter of fact. Ah, okay, got yeah, it, so got it. Okay. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about um, a little bit about uh, video games and how um, um, a little bit about. Uh, I found out about this new game called UFC Three. That is owned by the same company as um, same producer EA. And I just want to know: can can I get my pink Darth Vader in that game? Um, no, and no, you can't get a uh, pink Darth Vader anywhere except at your local cosplay or in. Um, because I think I think that's I think I need to make that the standard of any, any games I buy. You know, is is it going to have a pink Darth Vader in it? Uh, it's never going to have a pink Darth Vader. And <laughs> <laughs> um, raise your hands if anyone here wants to see a pink Darth Vader. Because well, it I'm might not be amusing. I you know for a, for a minute. For those of you who are listening, only my hand is up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just, and just to be clear, I would like to see it. I wouldn't want to wear it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just a peek. I don't know. We need to keep it around, but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, so I had talked to Phil, um, a little bit ago about, um, uh, a wrestler now known as Stardust, <laughs> and how he was originally. This is just an alter ego of himself. Um, his real name is Jim Sterling. He does games journalism for a living. But in one episode, he decided to go in purple spandex and call himself Stardust. <laughs> mm-hmm. I. Uh... I don't remember the original episode, but uh, I did see this this week's most recent uh, Jimquisition, and uh, I I'm. It sounds like Sturdust might be a real might be a thing. Yeah, hey, it's funny how that is because um, he um, lost his train of thought like I did right now. Um, Because he was originally a he's originally a games journalist that 
now become wrestling. And um, well, the folks at home who don't know, I um, before I went into um, part-time game development, I was a wrestler in high school. So I find that to be, on my level, quite ironic. <laughs> I didn't know that, Ian. Wow. Were you yeah. any good at it? No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, but at least you went out for the team. That counts for something. Yeah, I went out for the team and I... Which is more than I can say I did in my high school days. I, My high school days, I was a, in folk style wrestling. I won at best 20% of my matches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> but then there was another style where I did go undefeated. So there's that. Wow. <laughs> um, and uh, um, just for reference, there's three styles: folk style, freestyle, Greco-Roman. I was undefeated in the freestyle, <laughs> and most people who see wrestling um, know the. Um, Greco-Roman with like the Olympics and such. So just to give you. So um, don't mess with you when you get to roll your own. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) That's kind of what I heard too. (laughs) No. In my little universe that is wrestling, everyone else is on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if you Google pink Darth Vader, you get some interesting results. Oh. All kinds of variety. <laughs> I'm I'm certain. <laughs> a couple of images came to mind when you said that. No, you know, none of them are too bad. It's, no, oh. it's all it oh, all, all right. it all comes all back right. to the to to the cosplay and the, how it's interpreted. Okay, I, it was just me that went there. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you hear about um, Adpocalypse Two and Three <laughs> I uh, didn't know that the that there were going to be sequels to that one. Oh, it's it's much worse than Sharknado <laughs> on a level. Well, Sharknado's up to five, so the Adpocalypse has got got a couple more couple more entries in it than it sounds like. Yeah, but I'm sure it's going to get. Um, I'm sure it won't get to as high. Um, I lost my joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it won't get as bad as uh, Mr. Robot. Hey, I hope that it doesn't get it, have as many sequels as like Mr. Robot. That's what I'm mm-hmm. hoping. And to um, everyone out there, uh, the Apocalypse on YouTube. Um, we had talked about last week that um, YouTube Kids had. Um, a lot of videos that were um, targeted toward children and of course because it's YouTube kids but um, a lot of like softcore porn and a lot of um, things that shouldn't be up on there and um, YouTube as a whole kind of really stepped up its game and Mm -hmm. took down um, as a uh, um, they took down over 150,000 videos. They took down multiple channels and 
they really cleaned house. Yeah, and it's, you know, and that's all obviously just all stuff that YouTube doesn't want to be associated with, nor do pe- folks who pay for ads want to be associated with. Um, you know, and I and I've stumbled across some of these uh, disturbing uh, videos more more along the bizarre variety, but. You know, it's just one of those, sometimes you just don't know what you're watching um, until it's too late. And then you've got to yank the phone away from your child and like, you know. But that doesn't, that doesn't always help. No. Um, yanking the phone out of their hand because they'll so, ask a family member. And sometimes <laughs> things just can't be unseen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good for YouTube for stepping it up, though. They needed mm-hmm. to take responsibility. I'm with you. If they want to keep their revenue and their advertisers and, and they want to keep their brand intact, um, they needed to step it up. Somebody needed to. I'm not going to pretend I know how the whole thing works and who's responsible for the content, but ultimately it reflects on them. And, uh, uh, you know, and kudos. This, this kind of does. To me, it kind of speaks to the issue of, you know, having an algorithm be your curator versus a person mm-hmm. or even a team of people. Because mm-hmm. um, when you have an algorithm, it's so much easier to let stuff sneak by. Yeah. People. Go people. Go humans. Yay. I mean, that, um, humans do help to a level, but there is a need for, I wouldn't say one algorithm. I'd say multiple <laughs> In that, and not to have those um, algorithms intercede. But then again, I didn't. I haven't gotten too much into content creation on YouTube. I don't know a whole lot about the um, YouTube algorithm and how their um, how how it works and i don't think they want other people i don't think anybody really well. knows how it works you know it's just what folks have mm-hmm. figured out over time and then once somebody gets a handle on it youtube f- f- makes changes to it and then everything's all in a tizzy again it's kind of been my observation watching watching this you know for several years now mm-hmm. and having a short-lived youtube channel myself I mean, you can't really have the algorithm has to keep constantly changing because um, people who want to do harm to it um, or just manipulate mm-hmm. it to mm-hmm. you know make make a few extra dollars, yeah, who, at the expense of you know somebody else. So it can't change too much, and it it always has. The algorithm always has to be changing because um, people will want to do bad, and they have to make uh, mm-hmm. a, they have to make a better change for that. And when stuff like this, like the YouTube Kids, comes around, it um, has to be uh, a change that is good and positive. And it's not always that way. Yeah, so it has to be monitored. I I agree with you. And- it, Protect the kids. Yeah. Protect the kids. Yeah. So, on. Uh, um. So, well, um, have you heard anything about? Oh, you wanted to talk, Kathy, about Project for Awesome a little bit. 
Project for Awesome. That's a good um, segue into protecting the kids. Um, yeah. Project for Awesome I really have been looking into since you brought it up, and since it's approaching rapidly, I'm glad that you're bringing it up today. They donate a lot of money um, through their, their two-day campaign, December 15th through the 17th, and the first day's proceeds, actually half of that money goes to, I think it's called Save the the Children or Help the... I think it's Save the Children. Save the Children. Save the Children. So, um, And the other half of the money from the first day goes to the Last Mile Health. Um, where, do, where do you want to begin on Project for Awesome? Um, the, you've, you've dealt with it a lot longer than I have. I've just looked into it. Um, and I'm really excited by the they're supporting the smaller charities. Yeah. Um, one of the... <laughs> One of the biggest um, reasons why I like this um, charity is that you can be a fan of a small project and mm-hmm. it'll garner more attention. Like, um, what, say for instance, I know a place called the Social Media Association of Michigan. And they're they're not a 501c3. They're a 501c4. But I could make a video for them as a fan and say, this is what they do. This is how they help. And I could help them to um, gain a little more exposure within the Michigan area and also nationally. Nationally. So the the whole way the Project for Awesome works is that two-day upload for the videos, December 15th, starting at like 12 midnight, going into December 15th, and it ends at 11.59 on December 17th. So you could upload your video for your charity. And the second day's contributions, and the way contributions are made, you can go to the Indiegogo or you can purchase things from from their website, the Project for Awesome. Yeah. Again, the, the first day's money goes to Save the Children and the Last Mile Health. The second day, all the funding and donations that they receive on the second day goes to the top 10 voted charities from the website. So you put your video up there and people can view it, and you not only get exposure if if not a percentage of the proceeds from the second day's donations. Um, so it's a win-win for your video to get up there and get viewed. They also do a live, the Vlog Brothers. They yeah. also do a 48-hour live YouTube um, stream. And your video of your little hometown charity could get shown on that, which gets, I have to imagine, millions of viewers. I don't have the exact number on that. But you can get massive exposure for a little charity. And they, you know, really are pushing for the smaller, less known charities. That's that's what they're about. I was really impressed with this whole organization, the amount of uh, money. And it's all run by volunteers. The only thing that any of that money goes for would be to pay for, you know, credit card fees um, for the processing of the merchandise, the shipping and handling. Otherwise, it's a 100% volunteer um run and not a penny of your donation goes to anybody who works there. At one point last year, they were doing um, matching funds. Um, uh, They, they, (laughs) they're kind of the, um, um, what's another like 
live stream that you see like on PBS that they do. They're kind of becoming oh, the where they um, do the call-in donations. Yeah, yeah, they're slowly becoming more like that. And, yeah. I'm I'm excited to hear that they're growing. Um, I I feel like their work is is great, and they're they're part of Phil. You're gonna like this. Their um, cover is the foundation to decrease world suck. Oh, that's, I like it. That's their parent company. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah. And don't they have uh, don't they have their record label? Don't forget to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DF- that's their motto. Mm-hmm. Yep, DFTBA Records. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, don't forget to be awesome. Um, yeah, and all those people like. The main core group are uh, nerd fighters. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I saw the tie bag for that, and I was like, "Oh, I get it with your retro Detroit Detroit nerd fighters title here." Like, I'm getting more and more familiar with nerd fighting or nerd fighters or whatever it is, and I'm I'm really impressed with the group and um, more than willing to help support in any way I can with with the whole yeah. umbrella. Um, yeah, uh, I really like their. I really like their commitment to service, like their, mm-hmm. um, and some of their random videos. Where um, one of my favorites, and this is a, a not safe for work video. Um, it's called um, um, "Grab Life by the Balls." Oh. <laughs> it's done by uh, oh. Hank Green. <laughs> But he, and throughout the entire video, he goes purely Dr. Seuss, just rhyming through everything. <laughs> it's brilliant. How can you not love that? That sounds awesome. That sounds like something I need to find. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tune in and watch. You know, I'm, you know, a newbie at, I don't want to take your title, Phil, I'm <laughs> at YouTube, but I am definitely going to tune in and, and watch as much of this live stream as I can. Um, this year yeah for sure and then maybe even check out some of their other um, videos that they've done yeah Um, yeah to talk about uh, Hank and John Green I've been uh, been, um, my wife and I have actually been a big fan of uh, one of John or Hank's projects uh, called SciShow almost since its inception and uh Still, we still like to make time for that every so often to see what they're going on. And, you know, since they've started, they've branched off into SciShow Space, SciShow Psych, um, you know, and it's little bite sized nuggets on, I have a YouTube show. On that, YouTube? That's just going to say, okay, yeah. so is that something that mm-hmm. you can find on YouTube? Yep. Yep. And it's a uh, little bite sized nuggets about, uh, timely topics in, uh, in science and what's going on there. Um, in those worlds, or just little Very explainers cool. for whatever they feel like doing that day. Yeah. Very cool. Sounds yeah. in- interesting. Something that I'd like. And they do. Um, they, Nerd Fighters, John and Hank do like a lot of advocacy. They have uh, SciSo, as you said. They have Crash Course, which is more of like a computer and sci-fi type stuff. And, Kind of more, you know, things you would learn in school. You know, I think they have crash courses for just about any major topic like economics and history. Oh, wow. Um, 
they're they're kind of long, and I I the one that I watched, I found the presentation to be uh, kind of dry, but it could have been because I was kind of tired that night. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll give them another chance. Yeah, we'll give them another another chance someday. I personally, I personally stick to their YouTube channel and see what um, interesting stuff they can dish out. Like, um, I personally like. Uh, I personally like Hank because we kind of have the same type of humor and way we go about things and um, talking about um, video games and stuff like that. Um, one time he um, um, put up on a video that he had never played Pokemon before, so <laughs> some people went up to him at a convention called vidcon that they've also made that's also um for like youtube celebrities to go to people were making fun of him that he had never heard of squirtle war turtle blastoise (laughs) he he just kind of shrugged it off um so oh Wanted to get a little bit into, um, talk a little bit, maybe like five minutes about, uh, microtransactions, how, how to do them right in video games. I'm starting to have come away with the impression more and more of the way to do them right is to not do them at all. Um, I would mostly agree with you on a level, um, See, with um, Star Wars Battlefield 2, um, one of the bigger complaints that um, came out of it was that microtransactions were used for core parts of the gameplay and to finish the game. Yeah, like you could either spend like 4,000 hours of your life trying to unlock Darth Vader or you can spend $2,100. That's on top of the $60 you paid to get the game originally. So I have, I don't know what you can do with 2,100 hours. I don't want to earn, I don't like Darth Vader that much um, to spend that much time. Although if he's pink, I might reconsider. <laughs> yeah. Or like I said before, um, uh, Lando Calrissian in a Slave Leia costume. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that's only worth maybe two hundred hours, which which is which you know is about a week and a half straight of doing of playing the game and nothing else. <laughs> How badly do you want to see that? <sighs> not worth it for me. Um, not worth it for me. Um, that's just too much. That's too much. I, I was having a conversation with my younger son yesterday, and I'm not going to get this right, so you guys are going to have to clear it up for me. Um, there were ways that you could get a community upgrade, and you would lose power or points. Is that is this something is that ringing a with, bell? Is my, this something in Darth and in that Battlefront too? Or I've never I've never played it. I didn't play Battle, you know, Star Wars Battlefront One either. It's not a genre I have any interest in. Does that ring a bell, uh, Ian? In or? the original Battlefield, um, yeah, there were things about 
um, community stuff. And but you, you lost your power or your points if you did it that way because you didn't pay them for it, so they... Yeah, but there was, there was stuff like that in the game later on, but what they um, originally had in that game and EA um, did not um, do good on their customers in the first game was that it was a $60 game and then you paid for a $50 season pass. <laughs> Which is just, okay. it's not for the season, it's for um, making on the whole game. Because in the base game was kind of was kind of thin from what I had heard, so it almost made you feel like that $50 add-on was necessary. I had played that game at a high score lounge one time, and I played it for about 20 minutes, and it was okay given the uh, I was playing I want to say Arwing I was playing in a TIE fighter that's it <laughs> I'm getting Star Wars and Star Fox confused but um, yeah. I mean that Star Wars Battlefront lost me when there was no single player campaign at all and is I don't actually have time to get to play online and to get good um, enough to not get killed immediately. So, like, why do why should I bother? Yeah. And skipped out on Battlefront One. I'm skipping out on Battlefront Two for that reason as well. Um, so it's I'm a little lost about about those, but it's just not my cup of tea. Is at the end of the day. Yeah, and. And EA is kind of in the mindset that you want to be able to play for the game. You want to play the game. So they put in the microtransactions in order to, if you're like a newbie to that game or to that series, you can pay money. You can pay them money in order to get better so that no one stands a chance against you. <laughs> but I know that's not what society thinks of this, and that's not how the gaming industry should work as a whole. No, and I think you can see that getting reflected in EA stock price right now. It's taken quite a beating in the last last couple of weeks, especially as this as this, as the loot box uh, controversy hit the mainstream. But EA is kind of on the attack again with um, UFC three. Well, I think I think it's more they're trying to sneak that in, and like I'll bet I'll wager they're going it's going to get fixed before the game comes out in March. What fix means I don't know yet. We'll wait to see how they reimplement the microtransactions in Battlefront two. I might have to um, either between me or other podcasters just sit, who are into UFC fighting to maybe contribute to this. Um, no epic foreshadowing, just conjecture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so Dave, I, um, what you got? Story. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day I, um, um, my friend will stay nameless, but I had a friend who had um, 
been in a relationship with like her um like said husband calls her her husband and um her husband well decided he would cheat on her during the um course of still the- waiting for why you needed me for this conversation <laughs> <laughs> it'll come it'll come soon <laughs> so he does eh. He does that, and she calls me, and she never calls me. She usually just texts me. But then I um, I stop talking to her, pull up my phone, and I get on Facebook three um, three of my friends who had all been in high school all had their boyfriends cheat on them. <laughs> Things happen in threes. <laughs> yeah, uh, like. You had talked previously how uh, Facebook uses like an algorithm to. Oh, but it's completely screwed up right now. Who knows? (laughs) And I'm like, that cannot be coincidental. (laughs) Uh, Well, it depends. I mean, if you interacted with the one post, then yeah, it would be more likely for it to show other posts of similar content. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that Facebook does is, you know, their, their whole algorithm is geared towards giving you more things that you interact with because let's be real there you know, even though people try to think they can get their news from Facebook that's not really how it works they're designed to keep you engaged as long as possible to keep showing you ads and stuff um not necessarily showing you things that are important uh they may be important to you but that doesn't mean they're important uh or even real or even real yeah uh, there was actually a story that came out uh last week where Apparently, they figured out uh, which sites are most likely to have been run by uh, fake news slash Russian slash whatever, uh, and they're going to be coming up with a little button you can click that shows, okay, well, show me how I interacted with those sites. Should be interesting. It should be interesting, and I'm sure only – one of us would touch that little black button. See, I don't even want. I don't even want to push that button for me. I want to push that button for, say, Bob um, and all my friends because I like. I don't care. Like, I, I'm skeptical when it comes to that nonsense. But like, I would love to have a post that would call people out and be like, "You moron, shared fake stuff." 37 times you moron shared stuff from fake sites 12 times you idiot shared stuff right you know, that's that but that's me that's yeah you're like oprah you, know, you get a fake news you exactly news. you get you called get out news. you get a call out everybody gets it'll, a call it'll, out but it will but it will finally settle in my head at least okay this thing i saw last year was so outrageous it couldn't have been real but It'll be nice now to finally have that validation. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I wanted to bring you into that. But, yeah, so, no, I mean, that is, I mean, that, that is one of the problems with, with Facebook in general. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, it's a struggle that business owners um, and page owners have because that whole algorithm is geared toward, like, as a page, like, whether it's IT in the D or, or Podcast Detroit or wherever, um, when you share something, you have a very small window for people to start engaging with that um, in order for it to – because it gets distributed to, like, they call it a core audience, like, people who have recently interacted with your stuff. And if they don't interact with that, then your page just start your, – your post just starts falling by the wayside. If they do, then it starts going out to a larger audience and that kind of stuff. But, I mean, by and large, your average page, page post only gets to, like, less than 10 percent of your of your target audience you know so like if you've got you know ten thousand people that you know like your page and you know you post something 
you're not going to get 10,000 people seeing it. That's not how that works. Yeah. You get like a thousand. Like if that. Said, yeah. yeah. If that. Yeah. You know, whoever <laughs> happens to be online during, during that, you know, brief moment after it goes up. This who's going to see it is my understanding. Well, yeah. Well, the, actually, the why everybody's kind of complaining about the Facebook algorithm currently is it's starting to bubble up a lot of old stuff that doesn't necessarily like for no good reason, like not even like old stuff will bubble up if somebody finds it and comments on it. And you're like, if one of your friends comments on an old thing, you'll see it in your feed. But it's starting to bubble up stuff that has like no interactions whatsoever and it's days or even weeks old. Um, Bob and I were just actually talking about this the other night, uh, sitting on having a drink because it would like, we're, like from the same group, we were seeing stuff pop up that it had like, there was no, there was no valid reason for that to be showing up in our newsfeed again that we could see. Um, but it was. So I mean, it's just, it, who and knows? I, you know, and I've seen stuff you know, come through my feed that's dated like 2014. It's crazy. It's, it's like, okay. But, you you really have to you click into the post is in, but if you don't it looks like something brand new that just went down otherwise right. which was like okay that's that's not good by the way which good point people for the love of god um before you go posting anything on facebook at a minimum check the date um i'm tired of getting uh news about celebrities dying that died actually 4 years ago like morgan uh, freeman yeah that'd be or or that haven't died <laughs> uh, there's that but uh, no i mean it's a, you know i all oh my god so sad, but blah, 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 died. Okay, well, yeah, it was sad when it happened three years ago. Did you actually take a look at the date of the article that you're linking to? Idiot. But yeah. Oh, no, it's I just have... one of these th- – it's just when Morgan Freeman actually does does pass away. No one will believe it. No one will believe it. Like, I'll yeah. be waiting – for everyone will be waiting for that new Morgan Freeman movie. I'll believe it. <laughs> oh. yeah. But you're not on Facebook, so you won't see all you won't see all the bad yeah. posts. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I'll just Sorry. tell you about them. But yeah, I have a good idea. We should. Um, anybody who retreats a fake post should be called Kenny and be like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's. <laughs> We can't win, can we? Nope. Uh, nope. Three guys here. Yeah. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, I wanted to touch base uh, a little bit more about the service, not so much the project for Awesome. Um, how um, want to bring back a topic about um, like service within the community? How um, it's affecting. Eh, how service agencies like 501c3s are being affected by these, um, like other bigger corporations. Um, um, like I had talked to you, Dave, about like the um, the Garden in Berkeley, uh, mm-hmm. and um, um, I wanted to touch upon like. Um, Beaumont's main mission is to um, um, nurse people back to health, keep them healthy, and stuff like that. And having stuff like these nonprofit organizations, like having a food bank or having like having Forgotten Harvest and having these places that are um, at jeopardy of being closed down by these bigger industries because. Um, these bigger industries have money and they don't see um, much of a um, 
much of a benefit for that society, for society as a whole. Um, well, I don't, I don't know that people don't see a benefit for it. I mean, like, so, I mean, we deal with this with IT and the D, you know, so we've got our career academy program, you know, yeah, we're getting a hundred people through training yet idiotic, completely free. Are you reading about that in the press? No, but you read about how Facebook came in and is throwing all this money at this, I'm going to be honest, dipshit program uh, that's doing Facebook micro certifications to run a Facebook page, which has no no bearing on people getting a job whatsoever, no matter what those news stories say. If you get a little stupid piece of paper that says, yay, I know how to run a Facebook page, and you show up at one of our events and talk to a recruiter with that piece of paper in your hand, you're probably going to get it smacked out of your hand and laughed out of the building. Um, Hashtag Facepalm. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that's, I, I think that's the other side of it is a lot of, you know, whether it's the, um, like the veterans vindication guys, uh, that do stuff for military vets or, uh, like Katie who does stirring the pot with, you know, a lot of the charitable stuff that's going on there. I think one of the bigger issues is PR, um, and, and, and getting the knowledge out there. Like, I don't know that a lot of people know what some of these organizations are doing or that it's even available. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff with the veterans in particular, their biggest, I mean, and it's run by vets. So, I mean, these are guys who should know everything that's out there, and yet they're consistently amazed that there's yet another program out there for veterans that they didn't know about. Um, and that's their whole essence of being is making sure that information gets out there. You know, so whether, you know, it may be that some of these programs just aren't known enough to have kind of an impact or don't, because like I said, I, I don't think that, I mean, by and large as a society, I think we want, well, or, or maybe, you know, half of us want everybody to do okay, um, and, and be okay. And, you know, but there, yeah, there are people that are, that are against that whole principle. But by and large, I, I think we want people to do okay and be okay and have what they need to live. Um, but it's a matter of, do we know about it? Uh, and yeah. And, um, one topic about exposure, um, like, <laughs> but that's not, the, that's not so much an issue in this case, like, like with Matrix Human Services and like the Neighborhood Guardian Coalition. That's not. I don't the, know who they are. That I know you don't know who they are. I know that, but that's not. Exposure isn't the big time issue. It's more of um, other bigger entities, um, like you know that um, through your IT and the D Career Academy, you're funded through federal grant money you know the state yeah state grant money yay um it's a little better um funded by state grant money you know that those services you have to either provide um to write an rfp to make a um a grant to buy the I mean, a uh, grant proposal, yeah, to make a grant proposal for the room and the staff mm -hmm. and everything like that, or it has to go out of pocket, right? And it's the same thing that is true with, um, like Matrix Human Services. They um, lost their grant to be able to take over the house, and so dia took them over and dia just decided to um make that into a parking lot well let, let's be clear about that dia did not just take them over dia bought the building for a substantial amount of money and then moved and then did what they did 
I mean, that's, that's, that's unfortunately business. I mean, that's, that's a thing. You know, I mean, that when you, when you opt to go down the 501c3 route, you are acknowledging and accepting that those are the things that you're going to have to do. Like this, like with us, you know, I would love to have, you know, we have, God, I think we're at like 65, 70 people that are on a wait list right now uh, for the Career Academy thing. I would love to be able to push them all through. I'm not paying for them all to go through that. That That's just not going to happen. Our grant is set up and stipulated in funds 100 people. So when this is wrapped, we know that we either have to, you know, get this grant renewed, go find other corporate donors, go find, you know, something to make that happen in order to make that work for those other people. But that's the route we chose by going down this path as a 501c3. Every company that goes down that road of becoming a 501c3 and decides that that's how they're going to operate their business, that's part of your operational risk. But in having, uh, and we can. I just want to say that I think everybody's on the same page here. I think that Dave is just stating the business end of it, and unfortunately, what happens. I don't think he's hoping that happens. Or, oh God, no. Or happy about that happening. He's just telling you the basics of that's what happens when you lose your funding and the business oh. takes over, and it's their prerogative to do what they want with it. Um, I think we all agree. That, that we're not happy when that happens and that the local, uh, smaller organizations tend to be a little better for the communities. Oh yeah. Um, and I gotta say, I think it's probably more than half. I think most people want to do the right thing and want to help other people. It's just those few assholes that, <laughs> that tend to mess it up for, for a lot of people. But I think we're all on the same page here. I think that. Dave is just stating the business end of, unfortunately, what happens. Yeah, I find it, I find it, I mad on it, and I find it unfortunate because, like, those grant, those grant funds that um, otherwise, like, major human services mm-hmm. will use, they help a um, hundred to two hundred fifty dollars per person. They bring in thousands of people in order to bring them to be more stable within their lives. Totally get it. I like, and I don't like. I don't know the details of it. Like, I don't know why they lost their grant funding. I don't know. Like, did it just not get renewed? Was that funding channel shut down? Was that? I mean, I I genuinely don't know why they lost their funding. Did they it, lose their champion? It's more than likely that they applied for a grant for the building and they lost it. It was either not available or um, either not available or they wrote in, they got rejected from it. So then they had, um, they were bid and then um, the rest is history. Yeah. So. And sometimes things happen. We're all adults here. We're not going to say that maybe they, somebody wanted them out. Not, not to say that's the case oh, in this situation. But it's possible. But <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> right. But I, I think we all support the local, um, in, in helping the community and the smaller seems to be a little more hands on and a little 
better outcome a lot of times. Well, yeah, you tend to be more in touch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot easier for somebody local to be in touch with what's going on in the actual community mm-hmm. than it is from somebody at a federal level, you know, or even somebody oh, yeah. at a state level. Have, has anything ever gotten better the bigger it's gotten? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just let that pass. I'm going to let that slide. Right <laughs> oh! I'm that's two for me today. I don't have a today. bell handy, but yes, that's, yeah. That's Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's two for me today. <laughs> uh, uh, All right then, Bill. Uh, <laughs> so you still want to paint Darth Vader, right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go again. No, change, if it's a thing change. I can have, I would like to have one. Just because, just because mm. the man at EA says I can't have one. Damn that EA. <laughs> EA, <laughs> which, um, which some people call the. Um, evil arch enemies, <laughs> but no, they stand for electronic arts, and uh, they have no artistic vision at that. And it's kind of like um, a little, um, they're a little more. Um, they've become very evil. They've become the enemy of the gaming society. So the uh, enemy of arts now. The enemy of arts. <laughs> oh, nice, nice one. Our anima art, something like that. Uh, but yeah, um, so let's talk a little more uh, Project for Awesome. Uh, okay. All right. I was trying to find the um, crazy things that they do on that that 48-hour um, live stream. They've kind of expanded on that. Um, they've, um, it's more like 60 hours now. Um, oh, the first. So they, that's something that got better as it got bigger as well. <laughs> yeah, and they might expand to have more, um, more charities, but, um, um, you, uh, um, what else do you know about it? Well, I remember something about peanut butter on the face and uh, hand um, puppets. They, and they bring in a lot of guests. They brought in. Um, I bought a calendar from them. They bring in people like Jenna Marbles and um, Grace Helbig, uh, who I believe at one point had their own TV show and. Uh, They've brought in the Fine Brothers at one point, and one of these days, when we do a recap, I'll tell you how um, good they were and how bad they uh, messed up at one point. Oh. So, well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That was not sure, but I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So, yeah. Tell me a little more about... Um, what you like to see out of like Project for Awesome? Like, tell me, um, like what charities you want to bring in and like why? Um, okay, now you put me on the spot. I hadn't considered um, a video myself for a, a charity. Um, like, what charities would you feel? Um, you want to put in on spotlight, like you talked about um, bottomless Troy chest and other things. 
Mm-hmm. I do like bottomless toy chest a lot, but if I was going to submit a video, um, you know how I feel about nutrition. So I would want to do something um, where where you're giving people some healthy, healthy food. And, and you said There's earlier your, your that garden. you're a particularly picky eater. So. Um, I am. <laughs> I am. Not by choice. Yeah. I was born that way. I yeah. just I w- don't have a taste for a lot of things that you probably should stay away from anyways. I wouldn't call you a vegetable, but then again, <laughs> you were that way last year. So <laughs> Yeah, I am not a vegetarian. I do eat some chicken. Um but yeah, I'm all about all about healthy eating, health and nutrition. Uh whole food plant based diet in my opinion is definitely the way to go. Better for the planet, better for you, better for for everybody. So I would definitely push the uh, nutrition-based charities that are getting some kids learning some healthy eating habits and getting them some good food. But not licorice or meatball sandwiches. No meatball sandwiches. I'm not opposed to there's sugar. There's nothing wrong with meatball sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> and a, meat, a meatball sandwich can be delicious, but if you have one, if that if that's all you're eating, then... That's a problem. Hey, hey my great uncle Bonesy would kick your ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> you say there's that no- man lived on meatball sandwiches and wine. <laughs> well, I think it was the wine. I think it was yeah, the wine. Yeah. And made it to his nineties, just for the record. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I think yeah, I think they were just tougher. Like, yeah, we could all Give you stories of an old so, yeah. relative so, who smoked so, and drank so I, and ate meatballs. So, so uh, I've got to wa- watch out for a zombie bonesy coming after me. Zombie bonesy, <laughs> but no, they, <laughs> Italians, um, man, they bury him deep. <laughs> no, so basically, he's from the Super Mario um, franchise. He's a dry bones. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yes. So without uh, further ado, uh, thank you for listening to the Retro Detroit Nerdfighters. My name is Ian the Well-Informed. You can find me at uh, hashtag Ianformed. Where can we find you, Phil? Running from uh, from a zombie bonesy at this point. <laughs> a dry bones, yes. yes. <laughs> and we Kathy, all know. We contact all know. Ian, we contact all know. Somebody. Contact, yes, vicariously. <laughs> Tape a note to the door of the studio. There that's you how you're go. Find there you go. Thanks. <laughs> yes, just put her name on, on my forehead, and it'll be fine. By the next huh. time we record, we should have our have uh, our own Twitter feed here. Um, but that's not set up yet. Yes, but that. Yes, we're finally becoming legit. Like <laughs> too legit to quit. Yes, <laughs> can't quit now. Yes. Um. Do thank you for listening and um, DFTBA. Uh, don't forget to be awesome. Thank you. <laughs>